When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Today we're going to look at a message from Isaiah, the last uh, couple chapters, 59 today, and with some sounds from my cat, Blue, in the background. Enjoy. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one and was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm brought him victory, and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in fury as in a mantle. According to their deeds, so will he repay. Wrath to his adversaries, requital to his enemies, so the coastlands he will render requital. So those in the west shall fear the name of the Lord, and those in the east his glory. For he will come like a pent-up stream that the wind of the Lord drives on, and he will come to Zion as Redeemer, to those in Jacob who turn from transgression, says the Lord. And as for me, this is my covenant with him, with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you and my words that I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouths of your children or out of the mouths of your children's children, says the Lord, from now on and forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For reading this text, as we get to the end of Isaiah, it's a really long book. And this cry for justice goes up. This promise of justice is reiterated by the prophet. He's speaking the words of God. Again, Isaiah goes back and forth between his own voice, talking about what is happening in the world around him and what God is doing in the world. And then he starts to speak for God, thus says the Lord. And he sometimes does this mid-verse. Sometimes he switches it up in the middle of a chapter, in the middle of a paragraph. Um, and I think this is, uh, should tell us something about how God speaks to people. God speaks to us through the very clear word that comes from Holy Scripture. We talked about this on Sunday at class, um, that God does speak through, through, to us through the Holy Scriptures. That's why when sometimes you're just sitting in church and your mind is drifting off, well, I'm, I'll just speak for myself here. Sometimes my mind is drifting off and a, a line of the text will just jump out at me and connect with something I'm trying to wrestle with in my head, and it'll appear uh, for the first time in forever that there is God speaking to me about something I am wondering about or troubled by. Often these are just promises of God's character and mercy and love, and we need reminders of that. And those reminders are all throughout Holy Scripture. That's why it's good to just read it. You don't have to understand all of it or, or understand 
Um, even what, what we're reading all the time, I think it's good to study. We have to, um, we have to dig into the scriptures and read in Mark and inwardly digest them. That is our responsibility as Christians in many ways, um, especially when it comes to the ways people abuse the Bible and use it for their own nefarious ends. But ultimately, God speaks through the Holy Scriptures, and we listen. And then, sometimes God speaks through us and other people. Um, And that voice of God gets interchanged with our voice. Um, And how do we know? Well, the fruits of the Spirit are the indicators of this. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, uh, all the things that there is no law against, as as St. Paul says. So the, the fruits of the Spirit are always the result of God speaking in our voice or God's voice. The coolest, probably the best Bible movie ever made. I know we all have different opinions on this, which is okay. Um, we all should. Is Prince of Egypt, the animated classic from DreamWorks about the Exodus story. Um, a lot of work went into it. Obviously, it's a movie, but a lot of thought went into the theological implications of how God speaks. Val Kilmer um, plays Moses, and when he comes to the burning bush, the the bush's voice, the voice of God, is Val Kilmer's voice with a lot of echo effect. Some people have told me that um, the voice of God in Prince of Egypt in the burning bush is all of the cast's voices combined digitally, kind of blended with a mixed sound mixer and presented as one. But I, if you read the credits, it says Val Kilmer, and I, I don't know. I, I probably need to do more research on that. But it's definitely Val Kilmer's voice in there too. And that is often how God speaks, I think, to people today and back in those days. It is our voice, but it is God's voice like the burning bush that is burning but is not consumed. Um, I think part of growing up with God and learning about God is that often uh, many things can be true at once about God. A one-dimensional view of any person or God um, is a really shallow one. It is um, often of our own making, maybe to meet a need at a certain time, but ultimately um, God speaks in many voices, including our own. And we need to be open to that, as Isaiah is. God is always going to be on the side of the oppressed. God is always going to be on the side of those who are seeking justice, as Isaiah reminds him. He puts on garments of vengeance for clothing. He puts on righteousness like a breastplate, a helmet of salvation on his head. Where have we heard this before? In the New Testament, um, St. Paul in Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation. I think he says the breastplate of righteousness. And he goes a little further, um, talking about the the soldier's armor and equipment as a way of understanding our equipment for the spiritual battles ahead. But this is ultimately God's armor in Isaiah that we get to wear as one of, as his followers. This armor does not, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, it is not a struggle against people, but against those, those uh, 
ways that people are tricked, fooled, seduced, uh, abused, and all the ways that uh, causes the evil to flourish in our world. Ultimately, that is what this armor and this weaponry is for, that God wears in Isaiah, that we wear in Ephesians, and that um, we go into the battle of life. Uh, War metaphors for life are, are not complete. We need a lot more metaphors than just warrior metaphors, but some days um, warrior metaphors get us through um, the difficulty of life, the hardships of life, especially when there is great injustice. And that is the world that Isaiah is writing to, a world of great injustice, a world uh, where it seems like good will not win in the end. But ultimately, Isaiah points to God He points to you. He points to Mount Zion and says, your Redeemer is coming. He is on his way. And you can have hope in that. Even as far as the east and as far as the west, even to the coastlands, even to places that uh, you you would never think God's justice would go to. God's justice is going to those places. And you can be sure of it. Amen. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has dawned upon you. For behold, darkness covers the land. Deep gloom enshrouds the peoples. But over you the Lord will rise. And his glory will appear upon you. Nations will stream to your light. And kings to the brightness of your dawning. Your gates will always be open. By day or night they will never be shut. They will call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Violence will no more be heard in your land, ruin or destruction within your borders. You will call your walls salvation and all your portals praise. The sun will no more be your light by day. By night you will not need the brightness of the moon. The Lord will be your everlasting light. And your God will be your glory. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Very colic for peace. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And a colic for mission on 100. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth, and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you, Bring the nations into your fold, pour out your spirit upon all flesh, and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.